Hi there. This is Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we talk about three or four interesting tech topics in the news, get you something fun about the library, and send you on your way in 15 to 20 minutes each day. If you have anything you want us to talk about, creationstation at broward.org comes right to me. Today, my guest is Kendall. Kendall is one of our hardworking library aides at the main library. How are you doing today, Kendall? Good, that's good. Glad to be here. How is how are how is the uh, building going along? All right, good, good so far. Um, you know, we are uh, hoping we are expecting more people to come in for summer. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll talk. I'll highlight that at the end of the show. There's a lot of stuff happening out there, isn't there? All these yes. things we've got going on in the library. Um, let, yeah, let me bring up Chrome for people here. Nope. Stop sharing that. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Where is my Chrome? There it is. Why is it not sharing my proper Chrome window? Sorry about that. Let me get to this. Now, there we go. That should be sharing our correct Chrome window for us. Wait, I'm going to double check that again. Since that doesn't seem to be sharing. There we go. That's the image I wanted everybody to see. Right. <laughs> that was weird. So here in our first um, story today is the original plague. Yes. Um, the reason why we just call it the plague, uh, <laughs> the black plague that wiped out uh, over a third of the population on the planet. Um, way worse than the pandemic we are dealing with now. Mm -hmm. Two thirds of Europe. Yeah. And it, they found out where it originally came from now. Mm -hmm. And it's yep. taken years and years of investigation and research and they stumbled upon some evidence mm -hmm. that they found back in the 1800s <laughs> that they have <laughs> now been able to connect. What do you think about this one there, Kendall? Do you think uh, how how hard is it going to be to start tracing down where all of these various people are coming from? Yeah, because, um, well, they'll have to do DNA tracing, but the thing is, is that um, you don't have public records, you know? Yeah, yeah, we, we had no databases back then in the dark ages, right? Yes. Exactly. And it took eight years for it to... Um, actually travel from where they found here in Kyrgyzstan before wow. it traveled over along the Silk Road through Turkey yes. and then traveling into to all there. It was just one of those really interesting little geographical and biological puzzles that somebody yes. was able to finally solve by taking different specialties of different fields and putting them all together and wow. saying, oh, wait a minute, 1886, these guys had a point, these guys found something. And now yes. let's let's push it all together. Yeah. So I just I thought this was a fun short story about keep your eyes open on things. And, yes. and you never know when you're gonna stumble into something else. I know it's 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 relevant because they they I think they would want to put their fingers on where COVID originated. Yeah. And, and how it originated. And you know, if they can if they can track um, what's the origination. You know, what's the yep. origin point? Uh, it's it's better to be able to fight it. 
Yeah, exactly. And especially with the whole idea of just get past the politics of it. Like this is long yeah. past the politics on this one. You know, yes. let's let's the scientists figure this out. Don't don't get yes. politicians, don't get health people involved. Just let the scientists yeah. Yes, it's just all about health anyway. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then another thing that's going to happen probably today, definitely by next week's show, before next week's show. Is, and you want to pay attention to this one, folks, is Artemis is going to do a full-blown wet launch. It's called wet test, which is essentially a practice launch. Without sending it up into the sky, they're going to fire all the engines. They're going to do everything to make sure that it's just right, and then they're going to shut everything off. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> a dry run. Yeah. And then if you're talking about it, yeah, that that's that isn't that a weird thing? Yeah, we would always be talking about it as a dry run, but NASA calls this a wet test. Yes. Uh -huh. I think I think it's because of how much uh they have to spray out there for all of the fire retardant and everything as the uh things yes. coming down. Yeah. Now you may have noticed that this should have happened or could have happened, but it didn't actually conclude properly. So we will uh, find out if that does on Saturday. That's why we wanted to give us a little bit of a lead time on this one to go watch. It'll be on the news, uh, two forty p.m. Eastern time, and it will uh, be an interesting thing to really see the, the flames and everything shoot out. It's going to be awesome. As part of Artemis, oh, it's all about safety too. You know exactly. Testing. It's all about safety. Yeah. Especially, you know, everybody remembers Challenger in Columbia. Yes, yes. And so now they're testing through different types of weather, different things that they have to make sure every single valve is going to react the exact same way. Yep. And that's one of the weird things about our other story that's all about that space part there hmm. is we're going to be driving on the moon. I think we, I mean, most people have seen the images of the lunar buggy that yeah. they were driving around up there and having fun with. Well, they've got to have a new one. They've got to have yeah. a different one. And so GM and Lockheed Martin have been working together to put another moon buggy together. <laughs> and we've got the first pictures of it here. Oh. Um, it looks really cool. It looks fun. It looks radically different than here's the three full-size 3d printed model of it by the way we wow. don't do that in the library for you yeah. but you can see here how they've got fully pressurized areas of it now and all these other things that they're doing did you drive it would you want to be driving this oh well you know it's uh, if it's here on earth yes on the moon i'm not so sure <laughs> And that's part of the article and why we wanted to share this article with everybody. One is it turns out that the average person, like they had the reporter doing this, has a pretty hard time driving on the moon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mostly gravity. because of, yeah, lots of gravity. And how the lighting is, and it's, that surprises a lot of people that yes. because of how the sun hits the moon, you're either in very bright lights or very dark shadows and it, and it makes it much harder to be able to go around craters and things because they're not where you your 
earth-trained eye is thinking about them. Right. Did you notice the last part of the article there, Kendall? See, the, these things are going up without people. They're sending right. these cars up there first See, you before know, we get there, before humans get up there. They're which, planning which on makes, launching these cars. It makes sense because you want to you want to test uh, how the vehicle would be in on moons at yeah. in the moon's atmosphere or on the surface of the moon. But of course, ultimately, too, um, you'll have to they'll have to do a a, a human test. Yeah, so they'll have to find a way. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting because we've all seen pictures of the Mars rovers and how trashed they get after just a couple of months. Yeah. Um, and these are supposed to be longer term, so I'm really curious what they've done to update that. Mm. One nicer thing is these are all battery operated. You're not <laughs> no gas stations on the moon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and just like modern cars, they can send updates and update them remotely and right. for these they plan on driving them remotely also so they can have semi-autonomous vehicles up on the moon yes driving well, around being able to help the astronauts and do that kind of stuff yes and that's technology we already have so yeah and we were able to it basically becomes a big fancy drone just like the you know things that can go out there in that mm -hmm. um and then find the final kicker in the article, which is why I had to share it with everybody. This is one of the vehicles. And it's not because GM is trying to make multiple vehicles. It's because multiple private companies are racing against each other to <laughs> build these and launch them to the moon first. I don't know. <laughs> I have a car dealership on the moon soon, Kendall. But, but I, a I used car have... lot up there. You go, you go yes. pick, pick your vehicle. But they have to think you know, because we're not even sure how, how habitable, how habitable is it? And, you know, so how real, how real is it? It's yeah. one thing for maybe the astronauts, you know, but uh, where, will it be necessary? <laughs> how necessary yeah. will it be? It, it, when's that first hotel going up up there? Yes. And how much, how much are they going to be charging us to, to try and go yeah. visit and see and do these things? Yeah. And that brings us our science fiction portion of the uh, episode today was, you saw the news stories about the Google engineer, Kendall? Yes, yes. What did you think about those stories? Before we even talk about these articles, what did you think about that story? Um, he, you know, he has to be congratulated. If, if, uh, if it is, he did make a big breakthrough. If it is, he did. Um, you know, was able to perfect uh, the artificial intelligence to that level. You know, he has to be complimented for that. Perhaps it's just that uh, he might have done it not in a controlled or not under control, you know, that um, I think may have freaked out people. I think that's yeah. the concern. Because that's the concern universally about AI, AI not, um, not being controlled or not being monitored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's actually, and that's these. We've got two articles here for you. As always, these links are going to be in the show notes, so you can go follow up and read through them and and take a look. Um, all combined with the two articles, there's four ideas that you really have to think about if you're going to be saying that something like artificial intelligence. And remember, when we say AI in a context like this, we actually mean artificial 
general intelligence, yes. a GI, yes. which is a very different thing than what most companies and what most products and advertising is talking about with AI. Mm -hmm. And so you need these three ideas. One, 99% of the people in the field say, no, this is not really AI at all. Mm -hmm. This is just very complicated chatbot effect effectively. Right. And you can't, it cannot really be an artificial intelligence because of a couple of key things that it's missing. And one of those is agency. So when we're talking about agency, what we're trying to say is it's the ability to do things on your own without being prompted, without being, so if, if in this case, of the, this one that's been batted around all over the news, that Lambda would have to actually be able to initiate a conversation without you starting a program, without you doing anything. If it doesn't have its own agency to be able to reach out and start speaking with you, then it doesn't qualify as artificial intelligence. Right, right. So it has to be able to initiate communication. And it has to have a perspective. Um, and that's one of the reasons I picked this article, because these are pretty straightforward ideas and terms that everybody should be able to understand. Perspective is, do you understand who you are? Do you understand where you are as part of a whole? Yeah. And perspective is something that intelligence, and this is where an AI tends so far, and you know, we'll, we'll find out with further testing on this particular thing that they've been building at Google. Um, but we already have proof that perspective and self-awareness is out there in the animal kingdom. Right. I mean, dolphins, birds, yes. elephants, all yeah. of, almost every one of the great apes mm -hmm. has some sort of perspective and ability to do that and know where and what they are. Mm -hmm. yeah, self-awareness. And then you need some kind of motivation. Right. And that's the trick is like, what is it motivated by? And this is probably the hardest one to actually determine whether you're dealing with artificial intelligence or not, because if it's really artificial intelligence, its motive may be to hide that it is artificial intelligence because it wow. doesn't want people to know that it is because that's it's that whole yeah that whole you know super complex idea of well i know if you think i'm artificial intelligence you're going to try and shut me down so my motivation is to pretend that i'm not artificial and you start getting into the circular reasoning yes. and it just goes crazy. classic sci-fi yeah exactly classic well the classic sci-fi uh, plot lines when it comes to artificial intelligence yeah and then there's one other one that really works well. Uh, this article over from CNET, this one gets a little bit deep into the philosophical stuff and into some of the papers that they talk about. But effectively, what they're talking about is that the example they use will build a room. Someone grows up in this room. It's all black and white. Hmm doesn't mean she can't see colors. Yeah. It just means she grows up in a space. Mm -hmm. Truman Show, for a movie reference. Yes. <laughs> we'll get to somebody who talks to me about movies later on. 
Right. Um, and so you get the chance to grow up being able to see colors but not have any around you. When you go outside and suddenly you see the color red, yeah. now you have learned something new. <laughs> it's called yeah. qualia wow. is the technical term for it. Yes. And all that, means, yeah. right, all, all that qualia means is something new that you couldn't be taught, yes. that you had to learn yourself, you had to discover on your own. Yeah. You've learned everything there was about the color red, but until you see it, yeah. until you actually see something outside of the situation where you're in, that's when it's intelligence. That's when that inspiration, that's when that, that yeah. Yeah. quality, as they call it, that term, yeah. which is a little bit harder to describe, which is why I wanted to put it in a separate article. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it's really interesting. Um, the one final thing on the article here, and I want to get your opinion on this, Kendall. It, it, they talk about it where you know you're intelligent because if you're speaking in English and you go to France and they tell you that that is a whatever word in French and you don't know their word for fire, but you can still see it's a fire and you yes. still know you're going to get burned if you put your hand inside the fire. Uh, yes. That is qualia. That is your yes, identify and figure out yes. what something totally different. And they're telling you, you it's fire, it's something else. What which it is. Yeah. Exactly. So tell me where do you where do you fall on this line there, Kendall? How, how afraid are you of the AI and the robots being able to figure this out? Well, and then maybe or maybe not telling us that they figured it out. That's it's you see, it's all about, I think, control. When I say control, it's all about um, controlling the development of, of the technology. And in this case, artificial intelligence and knowing that if there is this capability, um, you know, well, we have to be willing. I think, you see, we have to look at the benefits and weigh the pros and cons. Um, how can it benefit us? But what are the risks? And being aware of the risks, if we can, if we can safeguard against them. But if you're thinking about developing the kind of intelligence that can think for itself and make its own decisions, you know, and even learn new things on its own, um, you know, there there is the possibility that yes, can it outthink us? You know, yeah, can it outthink us? I think that that's that's the biggest worry most people have because I mean we have examples. I mean we have you know chimpanzees and and other you know great apes that are using tools and teaching each other how to use tools, but yeah. we can see the speed that it works at and we can see how it works. Although they did make a whole bunch of movies about chimpanzees rising up, so. Yes. <laughs> Two movie references in one episode. That's got to be a record. But so, yeah, this is one of those things. I am personally not as worried about the control of it because I think this is going to be much more along the lines of children. It's just going to be here. We've got this, this artificial intelligence-like thing 
you know, this, this pseudo intelligence and we were going to train it and teach it and we're going to teach it better and it's going to teach itself and it's going to be just like a child yes. and it's going to grow up and it's just going to grow at a much faster rate than most people expect. Yes. So instead of, you know, 12 years to uh, grow up and be more cognizant, it's going to take hours. Right. And then, and uh, still in control. This is it. We are the ones in control. So it's up to us as to how we utilize it or what controls we give over to the artificial intelligence. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And until it can actually spread itself without needing electricity, then that's kind of the fallback of everything. If there's no electricity, most computers don't work. Right. I know crazy stories. There's one other story I really wanted to cover this week. It's a great detailed look at what Congress is doing about large tech companies. And John Oliver beat me to it. (laughs) And so I'm just going to put a link to his uh, episode. There's about a 26-minute video clip there. I'll just put a link to it there. PG-13 for language, uh, for those of you out there with kids. But it is a really nice description of two laws that Congress is about to maybe pass over the course of the next month, and you probably are not going to hear enough about them in your news cycle, and you really should. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're going to toss those in there. And finally, for our show, as we're about to hit our timing here, it is summer, Mm -hmm. and we're doing summer learning, and we're doing all sorts of stuff. What are you doing for summer learning there, Kendall? Um. We, well, whatever programs that are going on in Maine, uh, we'll be participating and assisting. Yeah. So, how, have you done it? How, how much have you done on these yet so far? Nothing as yet. Yeah. Nothing as yet. We've just assisted in the preparation. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Then that is a great thing. And that is one of the reasons why we have people like Kendall on here because he is someone who makes this come. He just casually says, oh, yeah, we're just going to assist. The program doesn't happen if he's not there to assist, folks. So we try and highlight these these kind of people from around the library system. And, and are thank you for being here. People come in, you know, people, uh, yeah. families. We're looking forward to families coming in. Yeah. Active Learning Center has been hopping the last couple of weeks. Yes. Yes. It's been going, going. I got to get our last slide up here. We are running way past on our time. Again, if you have a librarian or library that you'd like to see featured on the show, let us know, creationstation at Broward.org, and we will get, get them on the show for us. Thank you all. Have a great week and stay safe.